Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever wrestling. Media Hall of Fame and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer and Revolution Pro Wrestling featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J-Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now so head over to WrestlingMediaCon.com That's WrestlingMediaCon.com Support WrestleTalk Give us a subscribe Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. It's SummerSlam week, folks, which means you get an unbroken run of all the podcasts ever. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. Are you ready for this podcast-heavy week that we've got coming up? It happens four times a year, and this is the stage where I'm always quite excited. Maybe I won't be Monday morning after SummerSlam. We don't know if it's going to fulfil expectations or not. But no, I, you know, I love wrestling at the end of the day. Exactly. WWE is infuriating as they can be. I'm primed. You've got NXT there. The go-home Raw was pretty decent. You'll get to hear about our thoughts in a moment. I'm definitely curious about the direction the company's going to take because we all thought WrestleMania would start the next phase in WWE's main event scene, mm-hmm. but everything's really been put on hold for four months with the Lesnar hangover. Unfortunately so, Yeah, yes. but uh, other than that, feeling... Good. So, as an update for uh, the good listeners, if you're like, what podcast have we got coming up this oh. week? Oh, well, let me tell you. So, obviously, you've got the Raw episode today. Tomorrow, you've got the SmackDown review, Go Home edition uh, for SummerSlam. Then on Wednesday, Laurie and I will be going through our NXT predictions for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Uh, that's, that's on Thursday. Then on Friday, you've got our SummerSlam predictions with all three of us. Well, that you know, let's pencil that in because we've never done a three-man ramble. We don't know if it's technically possible. We're, we're going to we're try hoping it. it is. We think it's possible, yeah. but we're not 100% sure. 
so that- three-man booth. God, we've been criticising WWE forever. <laughs> and now we're going to do it ourselves. So that's on the Friday. And if you're a Patreon backer, you're also going to get our SummerSlam 2000 oh. review if you're a $5 or above backer. Then on Saturday, you've got the regular magazine show and the bonus WOS wrestling review. Then on Sunday, you're going to have the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 review show. Then on That's just with me and Fakador. Yep. And then on Monday, you're going to get the SummerSlam review, which is again, Ollie and El Fakador. And then on Monday and Tuesday, uh, sorry, Tuesday and Wednesday, you're going to get the Raw and SmackDown reviews, the post-SummerSlam shows, which usually have NXT call-ups. So there's probably going to be quite a bit of news to talk about coming out of SummerSlam next week. Quite a bit of initial excitement to then get crushingly disappointed by in a few months' time. So that is a long string of shows and bonus shows, and you're going to be sick of hearing from us. And you know what? Usually I'd say... And if you want to ca- carry on the chat outside those podcasts, why on earth would you? There's too much content anyway. There's a Discord chat that we opened up that we were not prepared for. <laughs> we were not prepared for, folks. Uh, the internet is a thing which, if you tell people to do it, they go and do it sometimes. Yeah, so we've had this Discord thing for, I don't know, about a month now, maybe? Yeah. Maybe a bit longer than now. We've been using it for sort of business purposes and speaking with editors and speaking with the website things and sort of managing the day-to-day running of... In the back end. In the back end The backstage stuff. And we thought, well, let's open up a little area for some fans to come in. Little. Keyword. Little. Little. And we we advertise, you know, we put out on Twitter and all this sort of stuff and put it up on our our Patreon page. And we had like, you know, there's a good little community that was there. And we've kind of like assigned, if you're a Patreon back, you get certain colours. But we never did the big YouTube push. No, prior to this, I had no idea what a Discord was. Still not 100% sure. No, it's a bit... I can't even say it's like a forum, because it's not like a forum. Forums are much slower. It's almost like a an invite only, because you do need the invite link to join, and at like instant messenger service. Yeah, but like, so you know when you watch... If, if you've ever watched a live stream YouTube video, which I I've only ever seen once... And that was when we checked in to see how... Um... King Ross was doing... Oh, excuse oh, no, me. No, uh, excuse just Ross. Me. Ross Twiddell was doing with his 10-hour uh, <laughs> Matt Hardy laughing punishment. Yeah, yeah, That is the only time I've ever seen a live YouTube thing. And the comments were just flying through. And I was like, God, that's difficult to keep up with. How could anyone possibly do that? Discord is basically like that, only it's 20 times faster. And I'm far too slow and old to work it out. I just... Uh... I this is the first thing in my adult life where I that I haven't been able to get my head around technology wise. And Snapchat? it is Snapchat. I I can I had Snapchat. Did you? I used to uh, whenever it was a friend's birthday, I used to make them an entrance video, <laughs> base. So I would play like Stone Cold's entrance music on my laptop, mm. and uh, I would queue it up. So I start filming, and then say I'd have a T-shirt over the bottom of a chair the t-shirt would fall down when the glass shatters and then i'd have like a i don't know macho man randy savage come out going happy birthday and it'd do like a a song for them oh lovely stuff. yeah okay i mean that was like five years ago before snapchat was cool <laughs> uh, Sorry, my, you were saying, but discord my friend's snapchat name back in 2013 was las vegas 2017 because he was going to propose to his girlfriend and we were all going to go to las vegas 2017 for the stag that was the plan we still haven't been <laughs> that has not happened he still hasn't proposed uh but yeah discord i can't i can't seem to 
wrap my head around it. I feel like my brain is just one or two steps behind what I'm looking at. And so we then did a shout out for it on the YouTube channel yesterday in the news episode. And there was a, well, we probably should have like foreseen. Yeah. A massive influx of people went onto the channel. Because we're so humble, folks. We, we don't I think genu- anyone actually likes I us. I genuinely didn't think there'd be this many people. So there's I, over I, a thousand. Yeah, and I, that's that's probably... It's gone from about 40. <laughs> that's, that is probably 950 more than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Yeah, and the problem with that is not just that we are old and slow and can't really keep up with the, the youth of today. That also brings in a lot of idiots. Not a lot of idiots. Um, but, it's just proportionally, if there's one, if you would say one person in that room of 100 is probably a bit of an idiot, that's a that's a conservative estimate. So there's a, over a thousand people there. There are at least 10 idiots and some spam posting was made. Yeah, uh, one lad kept uh, posting up a picture of um, his feces in a toilet bowl mm. um, just over and over and over again. Because that's again with Snapchat because it's about twenty times faster, and as soon as you've made a post, it's gone, and it's about fifty posts up, and you've already lost like the stream of conscious. He just kept reposting it and reposting it until we had to step in and ban him. But I wasn't it. I wasn't around. Like no, I, I, I didn't know. Th- I didn't know this was happening until this morning. No, I was at D and D last night, and all of a sudden I come in. Like I get home, and I got all these messages from people going like, "There's some like bad apples in the Discord chat." I woke up this morning just before I watched Raw, and it's like. It's all over the show. And there's like people going like, we've had to ban left, right and censor. Someone had to step in. I was like, what happened? Mm. Who are these like idiots that like, what, what do you gain from being that person? Just a a sense of purpose for a bit. That's no purpose. It's, it's a misguided purpose. I don't think it's a conscious. I'm searching for purpose. It's like, I need something. And the way I will need it is to just post stuff or like they're, they're actually uh, sort of, challenged in i don't know what the correct pc term is this week but some form of mental disability maybe but it's uh you know we went to bed like oh we did a nice thing we've opened up the <laughs> discord channel and we wake up and it's all falling so we are we are re re sort of building it's actually kind of self-regulated itself over the last few hours and everyone's having a nice chat but we're not going to leave it to chance no. we are uh we are taking precautions, folks. Yes, yeah, someone has stepped in to kind of like manage the, uh, essentially manage the server mm. and, and kind of like be a, a moderator. Valiantly stepped in. Valiantly <laughs> stepped in. He essentially sent us both a message. There was the same message, I believe, that was just yeah. like, you lads are doing this badly. Yes. Um, you haven't done X, you haven't done Y, you haven't done Z. You've not even done A, B or C. And we were like, I don't know what any of those things are. Yeah, at least like... They were they were not even A, B, and C. They were sort of like, uh, I don't know, Russian alphabet numbers that I've never seen before. And he said that he uh, he has he currently manages a Discord server with over ninety thousand. Like I can't even imagine what that Discord server looks like. There's ninety thousand people on it. That must be loot. Like you can't read that. Well, unless it's split into different chat bits. Because so. you say you know, like Reddit has ninety. Like squared circle on Reddit's got like two hundred twenty thousand or something. Yeah, I don't really understand how Reddit works either. I can't. Un- I can't read through Reddit. Okay, well, you know, sort by best. Steal the jokes on there. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> uh, but we're going to uh, bring it to a wrap there for the introduction to this podcast. Oh, episode. just just to wrap it up, don't join the Discord link we sent out because we're gonna get a new one 
and it's going to be built from the ground up, but it'll only take a day or two. Uh, so if you're on there already, stay there. Don't worry. We'll we'll come in and we'll say, hey, now let's hop over here. Yeah. And uh, we'll give everyone a, a migration phase. It's still very new, so hopefully no one's got them properly settled in. I know the like the OG club who have been there for about a month, they'll... Uh, We'll just easily move across and it'll be a lot more organized for you yeah but also anyway that's i won't put a, a link to the discord channel no, in the podcast no, god no which i was going to do uh but you can go and visit that though because a not only is there handy timestamps in there but uh which might be a little bit off depending on adverse it's also a link to beer524.com forward slash ramble where you can get a free case of beer if you're in the united kingdom anyway here's the show we're talking about raw well, it's not all gloom and doom. I enjoyed this episode personally. I am still very much looking forward to the Lesnar versus Reigns match at SummerSlam this Sunday. But you had a really interesting storyline where Paul Heyman is this wild card. You don't know who he's going to side with. And you've turned Brock into this mega heel because he has thrown to the side the last scrap of humanity he had left. And that was his friendship with his advocate, Paul Heyman. And now it's all been revealed on this episode that that was, we'll get into it in a second, how contrived this plan was for really no proper gain. It, it was all a ruse. It was all a ruse. Can I make one bold prediction? Um, I'm, I'm going to guess there's going to be a lot of comments left on this video that will be made before they've actually watched it. They'll just say, of course they did. They botched it by booking it. Yes, Yes, uh, good disclaimer to get that out of the way first. Yeah. But this is this is the weird thing because I think we're all getting into this storyline despite the Roman Reigns problem, and it is still a problem. This would be a much better story with a character in there that we like, that guys that, and gals. We've got a Renee Young on commentary now. <laughs> no. This is an evolution world. Ste- guys and girls can get behind. Stephanie McMahon has invented all of these things for yeah. us to enjoy. Yeah, she just looked upon the the world and said no equality and now it is equality it's like a good version of the thanos yeah finger the snap. finger snap uh so yeah. yes roman reigns versus brock lesnar should we do a quick recap of what happened yeah let's do it. i mean should we do a quick recap of the story as a whole yes yeah yeah go for that so the this all started two weeks ago when lesnar returned to monday night raw we haven't seen him since the greatest royal rumble and the whole storyline behind that was that paul Heyman at the start of the show was all super duper excited and he's like my champion brock lesnar he's here tonight hey he's gonna I was going to say, he just loves to advocate. He loves to be an advocate. And he was all excited. And he's like, Brock Lesnar's going to go out there. But Brock Lesnar was more interested in reading about being a frontiersman and a woodsman and was not interested in going out. And throughout the show, Paul Heyman broke down more and more and more to the point when he was essentially crying. He's like, look, you've got to go out there. I'm going to lose my job if you don't go out in front of the live audience. And Lesnar grabbed him and was like, mate, I don't care. Like, what does it matter to me if you get fired? I'm, I'm not asked, mate. And he shoved him down. And then Heyman went out and he's like pleading with Kurt Angle, being like, please don't fire me. I also think that Brock Lesnar's dumb and rubbish and stupid and a bad champion. And then Lesnar comes out and Paul's like, oh, look, he's great. I love this guy. He's grand. And then he grabs him. Lesnar grabs Heyman by the throat. starts choking him and he shoves him down to the man, theoretically splitting up that act. And then last week, we had this even further, like, 
but gone into even bigger detail when he did a sit-down interview with Renee Young, where he was openly weeping on camera. It looked like he hadn't slept in days, looked like he hadn't shaved, had his head done or anything like that. It was a like great that. promo. Great promo. One of the best of the year. Uh, we call our video that the best promo of the year thus far. And it was wonderful. And it, as you said, it really did highlight this whole thing of like, I love Brock Lesnar, but he doesn't love me back. And our whole friendship is almost, it's it's been a charm. It's, it's now over. And it's what's going to happen next. I don't know if Roman Reigns can beat this Brock Lesnar because he's dangerous. Unless. Yes, yeah, of- so that unless bit didn't come on that episode. That was posted on WWE's YouTube channel a few days after. And then but they showed it on yeah. this week's episode. So that brings us to this week's episode. So what happened on this week's episode? So- Where we are, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, they're done. Yeah, they're done. So uh, they've set this up earlier. It was pretty good having Renee Young on commentary because she could give the insight of, hey, look, I interviewed Paul Heyman and he stands up. This is what happened. We didn't show you. He stands up at the end and goes, Roman Reigns can't beat Brock Lesnar unless... That's that's the the cliffhanger. Is he barely even finishes the word unless. Yes, unless. Like he he just gives you enough of it, and then like he has a bit of a brainwave, and then he walks off, and then like unless what? And you're like, oh, it's a devious plan. Oh, and then you can speculate speculate away. Can... He's gonna side with Roman Reigns. He's gonna enlist Braun Strowman. Dean Ambrose is out there somewhere. Roman Reigns heel turn. Wrestle Talk News. Yes. You can do all these sorts of things. Yeah. So. Uh... Renee Young sets that up, and then throughout the night on this week's episode of Raw, they're promoting the big do- big stakes for the big dog. Uh, and if they were had by Brock Lesnar, they would have been uh, medium well and would yes. have been disgusting and chewy. Yeah, so it was just, I, I said in my review, it sounds like a children's book. <laughs> oh, big stakes for the big dog. What does the big dog want? And then on the first few pages, it's like all these small apples or like medium sized burgers. <laughs> I don't want to do those things. I'm the big dog. I want big stakes. And then at the end, he gets the big stakes. What were the stakes, actually? Oh, is he going to win at SummerSlam? Um, is he going to get the universal title? He's not on the line. Well, he's got his pride and the the WWE universe, the pride of the locker room at stake. The yard. The absolutely the yard. The yeah. yard. He's big in real estate. That's you, his yard. If you take the big dog away, who's going to protect the yard? Anyway, so Reigns comes out. He cuts a pretty decent promo, I thought. He said he's going to take the Universal title, and Brock Lesnar's got his head up Dana White's well, he ass. he said, I'm going to kick Brock Lesnar back to UFC so hard he's going to go up Dana White's ass, which I thought was a really, really great line. Crowd was super hot for Roman mm. as well when he was cutting his promo. It was a good crowd throughout the night. Great Greensboro. crowd throughout the night. Yeah, really, really good crowd. And then Paul Heyman comes down, and Paul Heyman is like, you know, he's got a glint in his eye, and he says, "I." He effectively pitches that Paul Heyman can become Roman Reigns' advocate. And when he pitches that, the crowd are really into it. I was really into it. Of course, as soon as he said that, I thought, well, that's not going to happen right now. There's going to be a swerve involved. Uh, Paul Heyman name dropped the Usos in there when he was coming down. He said to steal a SmackDown catchphrase. It's a new day, yes it is, because Paul Heyman is happy again and he's got a plan. And then he said, "Oh, the Usos are a really good tag team." And you've got that connection there. I but fantasy booking ages ago, I pitched a Paul Heyman heel turn at least at the start, 
and you create this the family yeah like a mobster roman reigns and usos i thing. remember you beat me on that one so it was a, that was a weird detail to leave to put in no, for I, a different well, brand I, I quite like it because it's it, he's essentially placating to roman which he then did throughout the rest of his promo he even spoke to him in samoan at one point he was talking about how in paul Heyman's early days in the wrestling world he used to ride with Roman Reigns' dad and his uncle, the Wild Samoans, and they would teach him everything they need to know about the wrestling world, which was in uh, Roman's promo as well. He was talking about how, hey, you know, my dad and my uncle, they raised me to be tough in this business. So he's telling all these stories, and Paul Heyman is then speaking to on his level, being like, he taught me all the same things, and then starts speaking to him in Samoan. And Roman Reigns' selling of him speaking in Samoan was really, really awesome when he was like, and you could see the look in his face was like, yeah, this guy could be on my side. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I thought Roman was really great in this segment. It was good. And then this all sort of culminates in Heyman. Like, Reigns turns him down and Heyman says, hey, look, I've got an agreement in principle. Read it over. Yep. Here it is. And yeah, Roman's oh. selling here. He's like, oh, OK, uh, this is actually quite intriguing. I might read it. Can I give you the quote? Because I, ha- I had to write this one down because it really made me laugh. Yes. Um, he said... Okay, so Roman Reigns is talking to Paul Heyman after Paul Heyman was talking about, like, you know, how tough uh, the business is. And he said, my father taught me to swim with sharks in this business. He also taught me how to recognize the sharks that are drowning because those sharks are dangerous. And you, Paul, are drowning. Drowning. (laughs) It's a good line, though. It's such a good line, but it's such a shame that you went drowning. Yeah, I thought he was going to turn to the camera and you can see the Meg in cinemas nationwide (laughs) from last Thursday. Uh, but yes, that, that, so he looks it over and then Paul Heyman gets out like a clown pocket <laughs> thing. It's like, wah, ha, ha, squirt, Wario style. I was going to say like the Joker. Yeah, so he's got this like it's pepper spray, meant to be pepper spray. He sprays it in Roman's eyes. Roman's like, oh my God, my eyes. He drops the contract and Brock Lesnar comes down. His music hits and Paul's grinning. Brock gives him the Universal title and Heyman goes into holding up Universal title mode like Kelly Kelly used to walk down to the ring with her title. And Brock does, uh, you know, it's nothing vicious. Considering Roman Reigns is blinded here, you could do a lot more things to him. Yeah, he put him in a chokehold, which Michael Cole incorrectly called a triangle. Mm. And then that was sort of it. Then he left the ring and he grabbed his title and they walked up the ramp and he was like, no, I've not had just enough yet. I'm going to give him... A whole one F five, yeah. And then I'm going to leave. Yeah, it wasn't like the brutal beatdown that you'd thought that someone being sprayed with pepper, like, especially because the commentators like Roman Reigns is defenseless; he can't fight back. And Paul, yeah. Paul Heyman last week said that this Lesnar is violent and vicious and so deadly. And here he's he did a less of a beatdown here than he'd done in the lead up to WrestleMania. So it's like I'm not saying this wasn't entertaining because I thought, I thought ev- everyone, yeah, everyone's thought performances awesome. were superb. Heyman was great. Reigns was great. Lesnar is, you know, again, it's just weird how he enters USADA's testing pool <laughs> and he, he's just got a different body shape, hasn't he? It's just weird how those two things have happened very close to each other. I don't notice these things. I genuinely don't. Like, you remember when, in 2007, when the whole big, like, steroids steroids scandal happened, and a lot of people got suspended and came back 30 days later, and everyone was like, oh my god, they look so much smaller. A lot of them are like, they look more or less the same to me. Brock Lesnar looks like he's been on the opposite to whatever Dean Ambrose has been. (laughs) Let's put it that way. I thought he just got a different haircut. Yeah, yeah. It really brings out the the (laughs) triceps and the deltoids. It does. So, yes. So the problem here, and we enjoyed this. I'm still excited to see what happens at SummerSlam. I read a, because I I do like Cage Side Seats' reviews of Raw. 
and the poor guy <laughs> reviewing it was still like, you know, like being quite serious, wasn't even joking. Yeah, Reigns could still side with Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't know what was on that contract. Yeah. Maybe it was a warning. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to spray you now. Just play along. <laughs> I don't... Cutting at straws. But, you know, based on everything else that's, that now th- this bastardly plan, maybe that isn't so out of the realms of possibility. So this was cool. This was great. If you take it as a segment and don't think of anything else... I really enjoyed this. Still looking forward to the match at SummerSlam, which is something I never thought I'd say about a Reigns-Lesnar 400th encounter. It, but... might, it might be my most anticipated match of the whole show. Mm, yeah, it's apart certainly from, Apart there. from uh, Rousey-Bliss. Oh, I, I'm looking forward to this more than Rousey and oh, Bliss. Oh, yeah, no, I said apart yeah, from yeah. that, I think that was, might be my close second. Yeah, so it's... But what it does is by having Heyman and Lesnar reveal that they were in cahoots all along... It takes out that Heyman wild card factor, which was hugely important in making this very interesting and where certain allegiances could fall. And it just, just from a plan perspective, what was the point? So you staged a breakup, you did this interview thing where you cried, and then you go, unless, and that wasn't even shown on Raw, it was shown on the YouTube channel, granted it was shown on this week's Raw. And then you do the pepper spray, and it's all just for a chokehold. Like, what, what? 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 Could you? Could you not spray it so his eyes are more? Could, could he get an eye injury out of this? Well, it's like if if they'd have just come out here and and Brock Lesnar had laid Roman out without having done any of the Paul Heyman stuff in the weeks previous, we'd have probably been like, yeah, that's pretty much what I was expecting for the build up to this angle. Maybe but- a tug. Over the yeah, Universal oh, well, title. Yeah, man, if you want to get really serious. The gold standard. Yes, yeah, absolutely. go homes. But with all of the Heyman stuff for the, for the past two weeks, it was so much more interesting that way. And it just feels <laughs> like they really did almost pull the trigger on this too early. Mm. I mean, I know it's the go-home show for SummerSlam, but now, like, there's, there isn't that level of intrigue going into that match that was there previously. As you said, like, yeah. as that Cage Side Seats report said, and we've been talking about, you could have had, is Heyman going to turn on Roman? Is Heyman going to come out with... Brock Lesnar at all like is Heyman like even going to get involved is there's going to be something with Braun Strowman something with Kevin Owens all this sort of stuff that was kind of like talked about and speculated and all of that sort of just gone out the window and now we've got just a Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match which is what we had at Greatest Royal Rumble and it's what we had at Wrestlemania and it's what we had at SummerSlam last year and it's what we had at Wrestlemania 31 it's like this when you do your fourth match you need to have a new wrinkle to it and it, and it had that wrinkle and they decided to wind that out and be like, oh, I don't like that crease. Let's just let's iron that out and make this, play this as straight as possible. Totally. And the two weeks of really engaging stories that they've done is it's them saying, oh, it didn't matter. It was all a uh, we all fooled you. Yeah. We fooled you. What a like, swerve. Well, that's not good storytelling. <laughs> that's just like because again, it's a, it's a crap plan. Yeah, it was an awful, and it makes no sense. Like it's a good swerve. Like oh, I didn't see that coming, and for a moment you're like, ha that's good. But then you think about it just for a second, and you're like. Wait, what was the point of it? Well, that's it. In the moment, when he sprayed him with the pepper spray, I was like, oh, wow, I did not see that coming. And then when I didn't think Lesnar was there. Lesnar wasn't appetised for the show either. Mm. And I I wasn't expecting Lesnar to be there. And then when he came out and sort of like laid him out, I was like, well, it wasn't the greatest layout. But, man, I was like, I didn't see that coming. And as you said, it's only until you sort of stop and like play it back in your head, you go, like, huh. But what was the point of all of it? Yeah, so they that Brock came back and they... So all of those segments between Brock and Paul, they were actually secretly working together. 
Brock they doesn't even read filmed. the new frontiersman. Yeah, why would if in a kayfabe world that bit isn't being recorded? They're just two people talking to each other. Why would they act as if they're breaking up? Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a pretty logic holy thing. Uh, but I'm still looking forward to the match. It's just WWE were doing so well with this feud. Really beyond everyone's expectations. Really, really so, yeah. And it's it's a shame that they've 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 botched they they have botched it. Drop drop this. the ball. Absolutely yeah. drop the ball. Right at the last hurdle as well. Mm. Really, really it was such a shame. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss want flexibility take yoga want flexibility with your health insurance check out united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly medical dental and vision coverage that may be right for you more at uh1.com burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. <laughs> Renee Young! Yeah, Renee Young's on commentary. She's on the commentary team. Is it just a one shot? Was it just for this week? Is she going to be doing SummerSlam? I think it's whenever Dean Ambrose is returning. That's <laughs> that's how you lure him out. I see, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I you could tell she was nervous, as anyone would be in that position, being put into that, you know, being such a big stage on a live show you're bound to be nervous and that, mm. that did come out but I thought she got progressively better as the show went on and I thought she did a fine job I'll be honest I barely noticed that she was there yeah but I thought uh, but she wasn't egregiously bad I didn't make any notes where I was like well that was a dumb thing to say that's it yeah <laughs> so that is better than Coachman exactly There's, every week I write down well that was a stupid thing that Coachman said that doesn't make sense coach back in the Booker T days we were like what is Booker T talking about this is nonsense and didn't make a single note on Renee other than she is there yeah she's she- there very solid yep didn't really add anything uh, I'm hoping you know because she's great we all know that she's very talented that she'll start to put her own character in over the weeks. Like, the, the, look at when Corey Graves first started, and now look at him. So if Renee Young can have that same trajectory 
and where she can sort of be the more morally outraged babyface. The antidote to Corey Graves with Michael Cole just doing whatever Michael Cole does in the middle, mm-hmm. screaming boss time occasionally <laughs> when yeah. he just walks through airports. The big dog. Yeah, that could be a nice team there. Uh, so, I liked her. So it has potential. But yeah, for, for the first outing, didn't really do much. A solid uh, three out of five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the but the show kicked off with Ronda Rousey coming down and she she starts off with a sad. Now, Dave Meltzer was quite offended by how this went. Really? Um, because he said this was all fine, like this was good. Ronda Rousey's... I didn't really know this, actually. I, th- I think I kind of heard it, but didn't know the specifics of her father committing suicide when she was eight. Oh, I did not know that. So, and the connection here is that Natalia is Jim Neidhart's daughter. Natalia and Ronda Rousey were this act on WWE. So it makes, like, it's, this, is, this is very neat. And they're super-duper best friends yeah, yeah, yeah. in IRL. Yeah. So Rousey comes down to, to announce to everyone, like, you know, it's very sad that Jim Neidhart's passed away earlier, this, earlier today. There's some scripted stuff about dads, yeah. which... It usually would would jar with me, but I thought she delivered it well enough. She was close to tears as well. Yeah, you can yeah. see that the, it really has affected her, and I thought she did very well to overcome that. Yeah, so this was like this was a good segment. It, it felt genuine. And the crowd was so into Ronda mm. as well, so into her. Now, where Dave Meltzer's problem comes is that at the end of that promo, rather than break or doing some... Or, like, if this was a pre-taped segment, he said it would be completely different. It would be perfect. But then she goes... But with Natalia out, here comes Ember Moon. Yeah, wrestling. And he didn't okay. like the juxtaposition of those two bits being put together. I mean, it is a wrestling show. Yeah. And in the grand scheme of things, that what WWE has done with its uh, with p- deceased people that have worked for the company, this is probably one of the more tasteful ones. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was okay. It didn't uh, have Randy Orton going like, Eddie's not up there, he's down there. Imagine if Bliss came out, didn't have did something like that. Paul uh, didn't have uh, CM Punk juggling the urn, pretending that Paul Bear's ashes are actually inside it. Uh, I'd So... I, I wasn't offended, but I, I, I can see why you would be if you didn't if you wanted it to be a straight thing. Uh, so, yeah, not a bad promo. Ember Moon comes down, meaning that because, of course, Natalia would have been pulled from the show earlier that day because of very obvious morning reasons. And that means we've got Ember Moon as a stand in for Natalia and Alicia Fox as a stand in for Mickey James yep. because Bliss and Rousey aren't allowed to touch before, which is good. It's good. It's just. It's just a bit clunky how it's played out. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. Mickey James was injured. But yes, uh, this was. Bliss comes out. She says, I spoke to Baron Corbin. He said I should get some security. Here is the security. And then the security got beaten up by Ronda Rousey. I did like. Uh, she started, like, you know, cutting a promo on Ronda and she was, like, calling her the rookie that she always does. But she's like, you know, I can come out here and make a mean face too. And she does, like, the Ronda Rousey mean face. That was it, was good. A, it was a genuinely great impression of the Ronda Rousey mean face. I Every time she, Bliss, did the mean face, I was like, Oh, <laughs> you're so cute. Uh, but she said the like angle is protecting her, so she needs her own protection. She brings out these guys, and I thought at this point, I was like, why didn't they use like, you know, actual raw wrestlers, you know, coming out there, and you know, have these interconnecting characters and stuff that exist within this same yeah. plane of existence. However, when they actually got in the ring and all got their ass kicked by Ronda, I was like, but I can see why they now used a load of geeks to get beaten up. So that's fine. Yeah, but you, I mean, like, no one's gonna 
Titus Worldwide. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Authors of Pain, well, fine. Mojo Rawley, Bobby Roode. It's so funny. I thought Authors of Pain would have been really good in this. If they, if Ronda wasn't going to beat them up, like Authors of Pain would have been awesome in this role. But I'm sure they've got something much better planned for them later in the show. Oh yeah. Oh, oh and they did. Um, uh, it's a shame that a heel APA aren't around. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what you sort of want, like really. A, yeah. But a anyway, mercenary heel tag faction but Rhonda does beat up all of the security guards and like she just looks so awesome yeah she looks well. great it's a great she's so good she beats up three of them stares at the last guy the last guy's like nope, nope. and runs out the ring <laughs> so perfect awesome. really so good awesome uh, and then we got the uh, the match and this was a really weird kind of setup for the match as well because they kept putting over this idea that like oh can moon overcome the champion alexa bliss this would be a really big win for her. and i'm like didn't ember moon beat alexa bliss on her first night on raw like it's am i meant to not remember that yes oh okay yeah, yeah that is right okay you cool. are not meant to you, yeah you are not meant to remember that cool maybe. so ember moon was really going to struggle here against mm. the champion alexa but she, bliss. But she beat her <laughs> she beat her well did she though so okay so no it, one kicks out of the turtle eclipse from the top row so at the, yeah, at the finish, like there's a bit of kerfuffle, and uh, Alexa Bliss got out and she threw, like she absolutely effed Ronda Rousey into the barricade. Look, she took a hell of a bump off the back of it, and then she got in the ring, and Ember hit this wicked, like sort of um, uh, lungbuster thing, and then hit the Eclipse, and she got the pin, and Alicia Fox sort mm. of broke up the pin. Yeah. Like I had to watch this a couple of times to work out just what happened and it just brings back the, the the complaints that you and i have had over the last couple of weeks about she's bur- not a good wrestler <laughs> about burying alicia <laughs> fox and yet here we are and she she botches the simplest thing of just get in the ring break up the pin and she her timing was so off the referee was uh, it was she confused the whole thing and it was really really odd and yeah. it was a mad awkward finish i've written I've got Fox gets in the ring and dot 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 breaks it up question mark it's a DQ either way that was an awkward finish yeah and she was wearing leaves on her head she was she, which uh, she was has, distracting she has quite the uh, the fashion sense great look Alicia Fox and a great character but um yeah this was she's uh, not a good wrestler not not a good night for for Foxy. Like, the, the person you're hailing as this the forefront of the women's revolution Mickey James yes <laughs> Anyway, I was really happy. So Ronda got got a few bits outside as well. She attacked uh, Fox and she beat up Fox afterwards. Ronda looked great throughout this. Yeah. Great booking of Ronda continues to be really on point. I was really, really happy because I'm a, I'm a newly turned Ember Moon fan. You are. Didn't see the appeal of her. Something happened about a month ago. Choo choo, join us on the hype train. I'm on the front of it, yeah. And it was when Moon, and credit to the Greensboro crowd, Moon got up to the top rope. Alicia's like, sorry, uh, Alexa's stumbling around. The crowd know what's happening. She's setting up for the eclipse. And the crowd pop for the setup for a finishing move. Yep. And that is an over move. Like, yeah, I was really happy. We were talking about, we watched SummerSlam 2000 for our Wrestle Ramble Extra podcast, only on Patreon. Please become a Patreon. Yeah, out on Friday. And there's a bit when Stevie Richards just collapses in the corner and the crowd explode just for Stevie Richards falling down on his ass because they know what's coming next it's a Rikishi stink face yeah yeah so I yeah I was really happy to see Ember Moon be over in that way they they, she needs to be pushed more yeah I think she'll get a a bit of a showing probably after some time at least you'd hope anyway but I mean Perhaps the downside to Ronda Rousey, if you were to look at it in a sort of broader landscape, mm. is that she 
because of the money she's being paid, she has to be the featured person on Raw uh, in in terms of the women's division. And because of that, then a lot of the other women sort of have to take a bit of a back seat to her. It's almost it's the Charlotte effect, really, as uh, some might say. So someone like a someone like Ember Moon, someone like Bailey and Sasha Banks, who are the Riot Squad, who are just in this groundhog day eternal never-ending nonsense that has been happening now for five years or so at this point it's so i think that that's maybe the downside to ronda being in the position she's in and dana brooke oh poor old dana brooke yeah uh next up we got a uh, prolonged brock versus roman and Heyman flashback yeah that was where they played the unless Clip yep. for the first time, and we found out about the big stakes for the big dog. Oh, That's a way Jesus. to get him over, man. Just announce how he has his stakes, and it's mm, the opposite of Brock Lesnar. Medium rare, mm, medium rare. Bleh. Now he has it. Tata. Well, actually, a friend of mine uh, has that. When she um, cooks steaks for uh, her, her and her boyfriend, she just has her straight out of the packet. She just puts it straight onto the plates, and her her boyfriend is just like onto the plate. Wow. I so I love steak. But if I get a bit of gristle, you know, or like something that stretches and my teeth can't cut, yeah. I gag and I have to I have to walk <laughs> away from the meal. I can't do it. I'm really, really like, yeah, I, I can't do anything that sort of sticks to each other like that. Makes uh, me gag. Yeah. Being in a, in a vegan household, um, I'm, I'm not vegan myself, but my wife is. Um, steaks, like a really well, like a really well done steak. Not well done, but as in like a medium rare, well cooked steak. Is something that is really, really appealing to me. Mm. Love that. Big dog. Big, big steaks. Big for the steaks big for the big dog. Feed him up. I hope he's got some peppercorn sauce for it as Ooh. well, because that is the king of sauces for the steaks. Great sauce for it really the steak. Is. Um, next up, we had Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin bickering backstage, and Baron storms off, and Dolphin Drew come in. Was I've written here? Dolph's luscious hair and oh, Drew walk in. <laughs> glorious hair. <laughs> so lovely. He, oh, we said it before, but he clearly has been watching the G1 and looked at Hiroshi Tanahashi and be like, I can do that. Yeah. He, he's gone to a hairdresser with a picture of Tanahashi and be like, can you do this? No, they are completely <laughs> different hairstyles. <laughs> Dolph's is very straight and long, whereas Tanahashi's is, is has a lot more volume and is, is flowing and wavy. He wants it to be just as nice. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's, not, it's, it's beautiful it's, in its own unique way. He cannot get it as nice as Tanahashi's because no one can. I mean, if we were cultaholic, we'd make some crappy top ten list of <laughs> best hair. Best wrestler's hair. Yeah, Actually, I might do that. That's yeah, a yeah, pretty I was going to say, list. that's a pretty good list. Uh, so... Dolph's hair's gorgeous. Uh, couldn't really focus on much else in this segment. <laughs> He's asking where Seth Rollins is. They've got this contract signing to make the SummerSlam match official later yes. in the night. But Seth is late because he was on a business meeting in China and he's had some travel issues. Not, uh, Yeah, PR tour, they said. Yeah, Business meeting makes it sound like he's... He's actually important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Baron Corbin beat Tyler Breeze next with... The, the Deep Six. I, I know. Um, someone tweeted us. Was it last week we said he never wins with the Deep Six and yet people always pop for it as a, a near fall? And yet here we are, seven days later. Basically what that tells you is that WWE do watch this show. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Or we have a direct line to Vince and yeah. Trips and yeah. Michael Hayes to book these finishes because we have so much experience in live wrestling <laughs> entertainment. Uh, I So uh, it, this is a, a sort of good and bad thing love that baron corbin is winning with the deep six it just like sheamus when he had that big arsenal of like four or five moves that he could win with uh i i would love to see more signature moves win and then you get those huge near falls in pay-per-view matches so like on tv you you do win with just a 
not your finisher. Um, bad side, Tyler Breeze was just dominated and a jobber. I don't know why I expected anything else, but it is a bit yeah. sad when you keep seeing it happening. It is a bit <laughs> sad, but he did, I, we did get to hear the Prince Pretty music like yeah. all the way through. That was quite Without nice. The... Yeah. Uh, but then after the match, he sort of he cut a promo on Balor and he he said that. You know, we wanted to try and warm each other up, so I got to pick his opponents. I picked a small guy like Tyler Breeze, so I can beat him up. Now Balor's going to have to face a big guy, and I was expecting to pick a re- pick a really big opponents, but he's a heel, so of course he didn't. He picked Jinder Mahal, so Jinder Mahal comes out this time last year. He was WWE champion, and then he said, "He goes, oh, I hadn't finished my sentence yet. So I was a bit out of breath." Um, he's also he likes to overcome the odds so it's going to be a handicap match he's going to face a very good friend of mine Kevin Owens oh what a dastardly heel he is and KO walks out all smiling being a heel himself but you know who else walks out all smiling Ronda Rousey Finn Balor oh and Finn Balor yeah just comes out really really happy (laughs) even though he's just been booked in a handicap match from his feuding opponent uh Thought it, this could have done with Finn looking a bit annoyed. I mean, I'm I'm now I'm now a bit annoyed at Finn. <laughs> Not just the WWE booking of Finn. I'm actively being annoyed at Balor now because I'm just like just d- like stop looking stupid. Act, mate. Yeah, like, just do a bit of acting. But like, even if maybe someone's telling him backstage, look, you're the smiling guy. Go out there and smile. Just don't do that. <laughs> Oh, like there's a, but yeah. there was a point in John Cena's career when, hey, you got to protect John Cena. He's the big cash cow. So it's like, okay, but now I'm going to be angry at you, John, because there comes a point where you have to stand up for yourself. Me and Laurie, uh, I sort of shared a theory with him yesterday when we were on our way to D and D. That um, my theory at the moment is that Balor is essentially trolling uh, everyone backstage because someone said to him, oh, "You're the smiling guy." And so now when we see him and he's got this massive goofy smile on his face, he's doing it because, well, I've been told that's what I am. So I'm going to do it to the really, I'm going to just oversell the fact that I'm the smiling guy and just always constantly smile. Well, it's working nothing for him. Absolutely not. Kurt Angle comes out because he's a baby face and he's always trying to get one up on Baron Corbin. That's another weird relationship at the moment. Anyway, and, and he says, here comes Finn's partner. Braun and Braun was really over with yeah, the Greensboro crowd. He really was. Corey said that Braun calls himself a meat mountain. <laughs> yes, steaks and weights, <laughs> lifting, oh. a, eating steaks and lifting plates. You can't, I was going to say you can't steal um, heavy machinery's gimmick. Oh, that, is that their one? That's that. Yeah, no, steaks no, that and weights. That was Braun's uh, Tinder thing. It was like lifting plates. And as in like weight plates and eating steaks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or maybe the steaks and weights things as a parody ah, of that. Because yeah. the crowd even chants steaks and weights mm. at them. Uh, so the crowd are really hot for Strowman. Uh, and this is the best use of Braun, really, as the hot tag. And especially with Balor, who's a smaller guy, it's a great visual. Braun can do that bit where he just scoop slams Finn Balor onto the prone opponent. Yeah. Which is a Bludgeon Brothers move. I wonder if it's like a Wyatt family connection thing. That's what, that's what Wyatt's been teaching them all mm. along. I hope he has some tag team success later on tonight. Mm. Mm. Uh, so this was a really fun match. Mm. I, I enjoyed it a lot, uh, mostly because of the crowd and the guys involved. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, there was a really good spot on the outside. Braun is chasing Kevin Owens. Sunil jumps at Braun, and Braun just catches him and keeps running into Kevin Owens. So great. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, and then, um, yeah, Braun got in power slam Jinder, and he won. 
And yep. as they were celebrating, sort of Braun chased after Kevin Owens because they've got their SummerSlam match this Sunday. And Corbin snuck in and laid out Balor with the end of days. So that puts over two finishing moves that you can mm. lay him out with. I liked it. I, was, I, you know what, I thought, at this point, I was like, God, Raw's off to a hot start here. I've really enjoyed this show so far. Yeah, this was fun. And my only criticism here was I felt like the whole count-out DQ story that they've been telling for the last two weeks with Strowman and Owens was dropped. I don't I know I think that this is the other side of it yeah, which is yeah. just that like yeah Kevin Owens can win by counter he can win by DQ but Braun can win by power slamming you into the earth. Well I, I think there would have been a more effective way to show that probably with Owens trying to make the count out or DQ happen mm-hmm. but then Braun getting one up on him. Uh Dolphin Drew backstage again they come uh they come over to Kurt Angle and say if Seth can't sign the contract then the match will be called off, right? Mm. And I thought, it's like six days. <clears throat> six days before SummerSlam. He's got travel issues because of the company. That's, I mean, that is totally a WWE thing to do. <laughs> Send you to Asia, then get annoyed at you because you're in Asia and you're not here. Yeah, that's, that's very much a WWE thing to do. Who is Ricky Roberts? I I don't know. He's a, he's a he's an Elias Uber, fa- Uber fan. See... Okay, so I thought he's like, you know, a local enhancement talent yeah. sort of lad. But then I think I saw something on Cage Side Seats that was like, Ricky Roberts is great on Raw. Or like, so I didn't, I assumed that he be might. Because Ricky Roberts is, is a but, good act. But I thought that he might be a celebrity. I don't think so. Okay, thank God. Uh, for that. I'm sure everyone will correct us in the comments if not. But he, yeah, it was this guy, Ricky Roberts, who was dressed up in the country western star garb with a guitar and he says he's Elias's biggest fan he's pretty much a local jobber he's gonna have a match with Bobby Splashley and then Elias comes out and says hey you're uh you great that you're a fan of me but you'll never be as good as me being a really good heel and he puts over all his accomplishments one of which <laughs> I knew you'd bring this up being oh yeah and I sold out Madison Square Garden three different times BS mate you have not sold it out but yeah, and the uh, New Japan Ring of Honor show did in six minutes on last Friday. <laughs> that is definitely a jab. Well, you see, the thing is, though, I mean, a lot of people told me this on Twitter. They only sold it out because it's WrestleMania weekend. It's got nothing to do with the fact that the company's really popular at the moment and people like it. It's only because it's WrestleMania weekend oh, it yeah, sold out. That's yeah. the only reason. Uh, Which really explains all in. Yeah, keep keep, keep telling yourselves that. So Bobby Lashley, uh, Elias also plugs his walk with Elias wristband. Well, no, he plugs the, the wristband say walk with Elias, but they don't. They say, what would Elias do? Ah, he, oh, I didn't see he that. He stumbled over his words because he's so used to saying his walk with Elias stuff that he was like, and my new wristbands that say walk with what would Elias do? <laughs> Maybe he's a great heel. He's working a still. So Bobby Splashley comes out <laughs> and Elias is like, you have to beat him. Bobby's obviously like, I'm really big uh the bell doesn't even ring robert smashes the guitar over bobby's back bobby no sells it gives him a huge spine buster bomb thing and then walks off so there was no pin there was no match bobby didn't technically beat anyone i thought it was a bit of a weird end i don't know what this was all about Uh, all told because bobby came out to much less of a reaction than elias which i think says a lot about the way that they've treated bobby lashley since his return and then, I mean, I've written here, he sort of cut a promo before he beat up 
Ricky Roberts, but it wasn't really like he sort of just said some words, mm. sort of stumbled over some words. And then, yeah, Ricky hit him with a guitar. He no sold it. Big spine brush and then walked out. And I was like, what was the point of all of this then? Yeah, I liked Bobby no selling the guitar shot. But, uh, yeah. Have they got a match at SummerSlam? I, th- I assume they have. <laughs> but like I said, I just phase out whenever they start running down the card. I actually watched it for the first time. This oh, week. God, it was because long. It was long. Every- I skipped ahead and it was still going on. <laughs> That's my usual thing is I tend to skip ahead. But this I was like, no, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to see what all the matches are. And every time they added another one, I was like, oh, I forgot about, oh, I forgot about that yeah. one. And I forgot about that one. Oh, this is still going. Oh, yeah, that's a feud as well. Yeah. Oh, damn it. There's like 12 matches on the pre-show. <laughs> so much going on. Uh, so so I'm, I'm getting I'm, the... I'm loading up the card to see if there is actually... I should have gone to Wikipedia. This is always really exciting stuff. Googling stuff. You carry on talking. I'm just Googling stuff live on air. Uh, so next up, we had the B team backstage. They were... Bo was working out the odds of success for their next match, which was a triple threat for their tag titles against the Deleters of Welds and the Revival. And he accurately works out, we've got a 33 and a third percent chance of winning. I I thought this was actually quite funny. Um, nice little um, gag. Because um, Curtis Axel kind of had the, uh, the best line of all of this, though, when he says, he goes, we're the B team and you can't spell Raw Tag Team Champions without B team. And a bunch of other letters. Yeah. <laughs> it really made me laugh. So they are funny. They are. Uh, but they are also the tag champions. I think that's that's where it that's where it grates with me. It doesn't Good be. grief. Is that the list? Yep. It's still uh, no, there is no uh Oh, it's Elias uh, is gonna perform uh, his, his greatest, greatest song, song at SummerSlam, so there'll be like an angle I'd imagine with him and Bobby Splashley. Oh, that is a depressingly long web page. <laughs> Oh, yeah, look, Elias is just there on the graphic by himself. Yeah, at SummerSlam, Elias uh, Elias promises to perform his single greatest song to date during the biggest event of the summer, which is all capitalised, of course. So it's going to be at the expense of Lashley, I would assume. Well, and New York, I'd imagine. Mm, The New York area. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, the B team went out for their match, their title defence against the leaders of World and the Revival. This had a commercial break in it. So it was probably about a 10-minute match overall, but we as TV viewers only saw five of them. But for the time they were given, really fun stuff. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed this. I thought this was really good. Yeah. Cole also said, and actually like, this is a good bit of commentary from Michael Cole, he said that the tag team titles haven't changed hands in Greensboro since 2001. Oh, that was a really nice little touch. That's the kind of fact I like to hear, Michael Cole. Not some made-up ones, not some nonsense. That's really interesting. Um, but yeah, Matt also did his V1 gimmick. At one point during this, he shouted "V1," did he? Which Corey Graves even, that. which Corey Graves even brought up, and he was like, it's "Very weird that he's doing his Matitude gimmick for a for a second there." Well, I, this is just me speculating. He did go on like a bit of a career retrospective on Twitter recently. Maybe he's doing a greatest hits I, tour. I think the same thing. Um, yeah, I think that might be where he said it as well because he he said that he's not going to be wrestling forever now because his back and his pelvis are sort of fusing together which sounds awful. Yeah. Um, which actually really sucks as well because I again to plug the Patreon podcast for um, SummerSlam 2000 when he does those big leg drops off the ladder and you're like yeah. oh mate abs- no wonder you're in such bad pain. I hate that's one of the, like the cringiest bumps for me to watch take. Uh, is is when people do the sit down bump yeah. from a do, very high, and they do a high. lot of them in that match. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, why I, I used to cringe at Fandango's finisher. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Kevin Nash buried him on Twitter on when he uh, Fandango debuted at WrestleMania, and he was like doing a leg drop. And I think he said like, "What a mark for himself." 
Like, what an idiot, essentially, because that's a stupid move to do and your mm. career will be... You want to be like Kevin, uh, Kevin Smith. You want to be like Kevin Nash now have five moves, including the hair flip. Did you see someone asked if... Uh, what would Kevin Nash do if he returned at SummerSlam on Twitter? No. He replied, Tara Quad. <laughs> so he's in on the gag. I love but, Nash. But this was a fun match. Bray Wyatt got a really nice uh, hot tag where he just gave Urinagis to everyone. It was Urinagi City. Yeah. Bitch, it was uh, great. And then that uh, everyone's kind of brawling on the outside. And Matt does a suplex over... The, the rope to the outside to yeah. land on everyone, which really was really good. Uh, the Revival also did uh, the Heart Attack, which was the Heart Foundation's finisher, which Bully Ray was not happy about mm. on Twitter. He was very, very upset about that. So what that. did he say? Well, why is that offensive? Because, Paying tribute to someone. Well, be- for him, it was because it was a move. It was just a move done in a match. Ah, okay. And that's not really a way to, to tribute uh, someone or tribute an act. Uh, and that's what he was upset about. And I, because th- like the Revival replied to him, and uh, I think it was um, Dawson was just like, I really value your input in our matches. Um, which <laughs> He's so good. My best friend on Twitter, remember? Yeah. And Great the- way to get more heat for yourselves, <laughs> Revival. Devon's a producer. And- We're behind your Revival. Come on. Mate, they've got a match at uh, SummerSlam now. They're going for the tag belts yeah. on the kickoff show. Yeah. Um, I see Bubba's point, though, or Bully's point. Yes. Uh, I, I do. That, that makes sense to me. But it was also... I think the hearts are in the right place. But also... Unintended. But also, it's not like... The agents put the matches together, so it's not the Revival's fault that they did it. You know, there's more or less they were probably told to do it. Yeah, it would have been quite a nice touch for one of the teams to win with the heart the heart attack I would completely uh, probably agree probably not the heels well, I was going to say the problem is that the B team won the match um, and yeah it was the finish the Revival hit the shadow machine on uh, on Bray Wyatt but uh, Axler blind tagged himself in and then he got the pin instead mm. um, and that sets up them having a it's going to be B team versus Revival on the kickoff show for SummerSlam so yeah I yeah and then the B team do their over celebrating nonsense and yeah. backstage as well with Roman B Good, team B team pretty rah, pretty rah, annoying rah. sometimes yeah. uh, I'm quite ready for them not to be tag champs now yeah I I I keep saying hey I want condensed cards I don't want I don't think everyone should be on the card at SummerSlam um, but for Bray Wyatt not to have a match at SummerSlam I, and he shouldn't do because he's been booked into oblivion at this point. But my problem is with the booking of Bray to this level, where you know he didn't even have a WrestleMania match. He just had that surprise oh, yeah. bit for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at the end with Matt, which started their team. Uh, so it's it's a real sad state of affairs to see why it is where he is because it's it's such a good gimmick, and he is a fantastic promo and a pretty decent wrestler. He's got a real presence. I just my mind always flashes back in moments like this to when he just pointed to whoever it was when when Roman Reigns speared oh, yeah, the that, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. over over him when they tag team that time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Roman was walking backstage and the B team celebrated near him, and then we got the big stakes for the big dog. Oh, oh just before oh. that, we had Drew and Dolph yes, backstage. Sorry, we These did, yeah. were peppered throughout the night, very very smartly to keep this plate spinning. It's the show long storyline. Yeah, really. and uh, Dolph comes back with a contract. He's like, hey, I've got a problem with this contract. And I like that they actually showed them looking through it in advance. Because that's what you would do, right? It's usually you just walk in, yeah, I'm signing. It's not like iTunes terms and conditions. Yeah. Where you just like scroll to the end, mate, just tick. No, no, Dolph has taken the time to go through the intricacies. And he says, I've got a problem here, Kurt, with the idea that anyone can be in Seth's corner. And Kurt's like, hey, 
if I take that out, you won't be allowed to have Drew in your corner. And Dolph's like, okay, fair enough. I mean, who's going to get in <laughs> Rollins' corner? I just, it was such a good foreshadowing of what was going to come. Yeah. Didn't reveal it or give it away because it could have been Jason Jordan. But um, I, I thought this was very, very good stuff. I like this a lot. What I didn't like as much, though, because then we got the, the big stakes for the big dog. Ah. So, okay, that was like the end of hour two. And I was thinking, like, this show, this episode's been really, really great. I really enjoyed, like, the opening stuff. I've enjoyed, like, you know, most of the matches as well. I've been really enjoying the show. Loved that Roman Reigns segment. Even the tag match was decent. Yeah, I, I was like, I'm super into, like, this show. And then it sort of fell off a cliff for a long period of time in the third hour. because And it, and it kicked mm. off with this six-man tag. And so it cuts back to the, the announcers. They're like, you know, like, oh, man, this heinous attack that Brock Lesnar has done on Roman Reigns. Here's loads of clips of it if you've just tuned in, all this sort of stuff. And then it cuts back to the ring. And there's six people in the ring. And I was, like, frantically trying to take notes of working out who's on the apron, who's in the ring. And before I knew it, the match was over. Yeah. And there was a SummerSlam promo in the middle of it. Yeah, it went about three minutes of TV time, I would say, and it was Bobby Roode and Titus Worldwide versus Mojo Rawley and Authors of Pain. Can you get more raw undercard <laughs> than that sentence? And and Roode pinned Mojo. Uh, it's twice he's beaten him now. Yeah, clean so, as well. It so, was a beat him the previous week. Which really, like, what was the point of all this Mojo, like, push you were doing with him beating up No Way Jose week in, week out? And then going, storming into the locker room and being like, I could beat all of you. And then Bobby Roode beats him twice in two weeks. Every single person in this two storylines that's been merged together the Titus Worldwide versus Authors of Pain and Bobby Roode versus Mojo Rawley everyone is getting less appealing by the week yeah really it's, so and it's a real shame because like obviously Titus Worldwide are a write off and Mojo Rawley is promising but he's not like a super fan favourite but Authors of Pain and Bobby Roode it's just ridiculous I, I, what, there was absolutely no point for this and like yeah. you said yeah it did it it sort of derailed Raw slightly, not for a long time, because it was only about half an hour. This and the infinite Sasha Banks, Bailey, Ruby Riot, Riot Squad feud, yeah. and then you had like a hot ending segment. So it was actually overall a very good episode. But it's a three-hour show. It's hard to maintain stuff like that that's super engaging all the time for three hours. I mean, it would have been better if you just gave the tag match an extra 10 minutes the three way Absolutely, rather than have yeah. this I completely agree with really you really need this match this match served this match was there to be your piss break essentially after the big hot Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns angle mm. it was back in the other, back in the old day this would have been a women's match yeah and they still had one of those as well so uh, God, old my... habits die hard yeah cuz then we got uh, we backstage we see Roman being looked at by doctors and then we got a really nice video package for for Jim the Anvil Nightheart. It was nice. Uh WWE do video packages better than anyone. But I had a bit of a bit of taste in my mouth at the end of it because it closed saying and of course Natalia is his real life daughter who is part of the women's evolution. I I must have glazed over yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I just thought all. really did you need that line in here? Because that's that's so obviously PR. Yeah. Uh, I, I like what Meltzer had the problem earlier on with the two promos. I wasn't necessarily offended by that, but here I, I was 
Did you really need that? I just didn't hear that bit at all. Mm. And, and actually, that does leave a bit of taste in my mouth as well. I mean, I thought you were going to say it's because at the end of it, so they had, uh, and they talk about how and Jim Neidhart had that classic SummerSlam match against Demolition at, at SummerSlam <laughs> oh, 1990. Segway. And it's SummerSlam this weekend. Let's run down the card. And they just ran down the card for hours and hours and hours. And then before I know it, Sasha Banks' music's playing. And she's in the ring. I was like, how long has she been there? Mm. And then I was like, cool, so Sasha Banks' music's playing. And then the goddamn riot squad music hit and i thought i'm like how do i keep having to watch this match over and over and over again at least this time it was slightly different because it was sasha banks versus ruby riots in a singles match in a singles well. match yeah and um it was essentially just ruby working over sasha's hands uh sasha's dive to the outside oh. onto morgan was awesome that was great it was really good it, it didn't seem like there was enough space on that side of the ring for her to do that it looked like she just went horizontal into the crowd. Yeah. I don't know how she ended up with the riot squad. It could... That looked amazing. Uh, yeah. What didn't look amazing was Ruby's working over the hand. Then she puts Sasha's hand in the sort of the hand hole for the steel steps and then kicks the steel steps. Sasha sells it like a, a hand's been broken. I don't know what that does. <laughs> uh, just so, sort of vibrates your hand. Yeah. Why um... do you not kick the wrist? into the hole well it's it's the same as like if you're swinging a chair and someone else swings a chair and you both hit the like you both hit the chairs together you have to drop it because you're like ah vibrate it oh ow yeah uh but this was i mean this was a pretty decent match actually i quite yeah, it enjoyed was. it it really it's was just repetitive that that was my issue with it. it was just as soon as i heard that music and i was like where are we going with this and that's my issue it's not the fact that we have to see it week in week out but that is a problem it's where are we going mm. this is this is a it's a feud but it's such a rudderless feud they're just waiting I really think they're just waiting for this tag team women's tag team division announcement but they can't do it yet because SummerSlam yeah uh, the, after the Sasha dive to the outside she takes out Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan rolls back in Ruby rolls her up Ruby won uh, yeah, but I thought this was a good match. Yeah. Then we got Kurt backstage. Seth is still nowhere to be found. Baron says it's all Kurt's fault because he waited until the last minute to make one of your big SummerSlam matches official. Again, the six days, six days till Sunday. But this was a nice way of getting the heels justification against Kurt over, which Drew McIntyre built upon next when he was like, "Hey." You're rushing Roman Reigns into that match, even though he could be quite severely hurt from the pepper spray and Brock's attack, even though it wasn't that devastating, because you need that match to happen. You're, Kurt says, Roman Reigns will be cleared. I'm letting him wrestle. And yeah, Drew says, you're being unsafe just for the sake of your job. I thought that was a really interesting wrinkle, but it still is just a drop in the ocean of making Kurt Angle an engaging authority figure. Yeah, and to your point of like, there's six days left for them to sign a contract. You know, contracts aren't official unless they're done on TV. Yeah, of come on, man, it's got to be in the main. How event do all segment. the other matches happen then? Well, those ones don't count. There's How a are they only, legally only, binding? Only big matches have okay. to have the contract signings. No um, one even went through a table. It's not an official <laughs> contract signing. That's how you sign. Was there even a table there? I think there was. I think uh, Drew flipped it. Yeah, he did. He threw it out of the ring, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, so anyway, so Seth, like, Dolph and Drew cut these promos. And that's some really good promos. Dolph's promo in particular was, was really, really good when he was talking about yeah. how, like, I used to want to come out here and steal the show. You know, I wanted to steal the show for all of you, but none of you appreciate it. So I'm not going to do that anymore. I mean, we did appreciate it, uh, but the... Your management didn't. Yeah, and WWE then they did put not. You into oblivion. Pretty much. But it was it was still 
like character wise, this was really good. Was really, really good. Someone pointed out on Reddit, can't remember who, as ever, uh, that all of Dolph's promo actually can apply to Dean Ambrose as well. Mm. You know how everyone was kind of, oh, I really like Dean Ambrose, but he <laughs> seems to be coasting a lot of the time. Yeah. And yeah, it was interesting how that parallel worked considering what was about to happen yeah remember when dean was wwe champion and he was wrestling like 17 matches a day in 18 different countries and you know he was like he was a real workhorse as wwe champion and didn't really get a lot of thanks for that he got the title run i was very yeah it was it was never a convincing title run yeah uh but yeah dolph's promo was was very very good i thought he really put put his all into it as was Drew's yeah like, Drew's, Drew's so Chicago. good but Dolph's promo was, was really really good yeah yeah uh, and then he signs looks like well, the match is going to be forfeited yeah well Angle because like introducing Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins doesn't come out so he tries it again and Dolph's like cool this match isn't happening let's sign this contract so it's a forfeit so he signs the contract and then that's when Seth uh, comes out and he's like as turns okay so I've been telling a bit of a fib had a big smile on his face. He had a face. big old smile on his face because he knew what was coming. I'm sure Renee had a massive smile on her face as well. And he's there and he's like, I have, I've sort of a bit of a lie. I haven't really had travel issues. I've been here for a while. I've just been sorting things out. I just wanted you to sign the contract because I didn't want you to not sign it when you re- when I revealed what was going to happen next. And that I was genuinely excited. The was, crowd oh, anticipated because the crowd picked up on what was happening. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. In fact, the only person who didn't pick up on what was happening was probably Drew Dolph and Michael Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the crowd really started to build anticipation. I thought this was excellently done. I thought this was expertly executed. Yeah, Seth kept on teasing it out. First he said that, then he said, I've been busy with travel arrangements. But, but not my, my travel arrangements. arrangements. Even more anticipation. It's like, yeah. you said it yourself. You've got a psychopath in your corner, so I should really have a lunatic in mind. Dean Ambrose's music hits. Denim jacket. Denim, denim jacket. jacket. And jeans. No, leather jacket. <laughs> I'm wearing a leather jacket, leather jacket, and jeans. Although he didn't have the leather jacket and jeans, he came out, buffed Dean Ambrose with his new haircuts. Heal Ambrose by the looks of it. Oh, and, yeah. um, and he comes out, he looks awesome. And it's actually, I, I've not really missed Dean Ambrose. I'll be honest with you, I've not really missed him on TV. But I, I did pop for him coming back. I got, and I, got re- I was really into this angle. I thought this was a real killer end to the show. I totally agree with you. It's like when Dean Ambrose, I, no one was going, oh, I can't wait till Dean Ambrose comes back. Well, I wasn't, certainly. There, you weren't there, either. No, there will be people who were. And yeah, you're, and you're not very wrong. big Dean yeah, Ambrose fans. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, and you're not wrong for that. Uh, but I, I personally didn't miss him. But no. seeing him back, I am very happy. So, yeah, maybe this could be that sort of refresher of a career that he, he needed. I mean, he didn't have any time off for his entire WWE main roster run up until that point. So yeah. people can get a bit tired. And it was it was great they came down and they both they sort of laid out Drew and Dolph and send them packing. And but the the final shot of the show was them doing the fist bump in the middle of the ring. And may, maybe it's just I'm a massive mark for the shield. But the fist bump really does pop me every time oh, they do yeah. it. Like last year when they did the whole build up to the fist bump, it was so awesome. And just the and it was a very small visual because they cut away because they had to, you know, the probably show ran half an hour longer than it needed to. But the visual of them doing the fist bump, I I popped for it massively. Mm. And that's now I'm actually I'm more excited now for that match at SummerSlam than I was earlier in the show. Well, when Dean came out, I thought, okay, he's. Uh, He's going to be in the corner for SummerSlam. He's probably not fully cleared yet, still rehabbing his injury, because I think he had about a couple more. If From the 
when it first happened, when he first had surgery, he really should be out for another two months. Mm. But he's certainly been rehabbing hard. He's, he looks in great shape. And he, I thought, okay, he'll just be in the corner. He won't do much physical. They run down there. They brawl. I was like, well, he's not taking any bumps. Then I think it's Drew is in the corner. Dean Ambrose flies in the air at him. He really hurls himself. It looked amazing. Yeah, it and, and then, like, Dean, there was no laughing. There was no goofiness. It was just pure lunatic fringe. Or, like, I guess, cut back hair now. It is indeed. It was lunatic short hair. There was a period Ambrose. in time. There was a period in time where I genuinely thought Michael Cole was talking about his haircut. Yeah, yeah, there genuinely really was. And I, I, did, I remember saying to a friend of mine, I was like, I don't understand why he keeps saying this lunatic fringe thing. And then he had to explain to me that that is a term. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes more sense then. Because I, I always thought, man, his haircut's well wacky. He's got a crazy mullet. Oh, it's such a crazy mullet. That's his character. Uh, so, yeah, really, really happy to see Dean Ambrose back. Yeah. And it was a really great go-home angle. I thought this was a really great go-home show of Raw. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this week. I thought it was a really terrific show. Because you look at your... Granted, the like the, there was a bit of undercard boring bit in the middle, but really that was the only bad part of the show. Everything else was either enjoyable or pretty damn good. Yeah. Logic holes aside, that isn't how WWE book. We're kind of used to that that you, you have these kind of contrived plans that play out. But Universal title, Intercontinental title, women's title, really prominently featured feuds that I want to see the matches for this this Sunday. It's just a shame there's also 25 other matches <laughs> that might drown them out. Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin, man. I mean, it had to be on SummerSlam. It had to what be on the, the main point? card. Uh, so I gave this a four out of five, a core I enjoyed it thoroughly. How about yourself? I might have even gone a high core, to be yeah, honest with yeah. you, because it's for me, like I thought the first two hours were awesome, and then there was like third hour dip because the first like two thirds of the sec- of the third hour were quite, you know, it's that undercard, the six man and the Bailey, uh, the Bailey, Bailey Banks and Ruby Riot match. Mm. It was just like nothing. It felt like nothing really happened in that. But the final killer angle really did lift the show back up for me. It's, it's, you know, it's how you leave them, folks. There's also the slight problem of the Heyman Lesnar. Yes, Reigns absolutely. Yeah, that that of the story got line. some issues with that as well. But, but it's o- still good overall. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. I thought it was really, really good. Well done, WWE. I'm off to the theatre tonight. Ooh, fancy that, Luke. I know, so fancy. My uh, my wife... Dinner and a show? What are you... And you're wearing jeans to this this theatre? Uh, yes, I am. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm wearing a t-shirt for Kayfabe News. That is my theatre attire, apparently. That's... I think that's widely accepted uh, for... It's either that or full-on top coat and tails. Yes. Top coat. Top hat <laughs> and tails. <laughs> top coat. Um, I've also got my Spider-Man trainers on, just nice. to, just to make sure that they are super fancy. Um, but we are going to see. So my wife got us tickets for this. It's a play that she's wanted to see for a while. Um, it's behind the team that did. Um, uh, do you know the the TV show Fleabag? I've heard of it with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yep, very funny show of Star Wars fame. Yes, of, of Solo. Solo notoriety. What an annoying character that was. She was good in parts. I think with the right directors, that would have been a good role. Yeah, when Lord and Miller were there, that probably was a much more yeah. serviceable character. But in the final product, it's really annoying and very badly handled. Um, I wouldn't say that. I, I thought it was okay. I was very... Spoilers. I was happy that she wasn't around for very long. Mm. 
very, very happy she was not around for very long because I don't think I could have stomached much more of her. But um, anywho, so we're off to see a play tonight, uh, play tonight called The One. Would you like to hear the synopsis? Yes, please. Harry and Joe are up all night drawing the battle lines of their relationship with sex, violence, and what's-its. Oh, my word. A viciously funny and daring play. The One invites you into the world of a couple trapped in a destructive and violent cycle of love and lust. Ooh, it sounds kinky. I think it might be a bit kinky, you know. Do you think edge leader sex celebration style kinky? Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, because I, I, my wife booked these tickets. Well, like, we're going to go see this because it, it ends, I think, like this week or next week, and we're not going to be able to see it if we don't go tonight. So I was like, go cool, book tickets. I think she heard about it on the Guilty Feminist, and I was like, cool, sweet, let's go. Not really knowing what much else about it, and I've read that this morning, and I was like, is this going to be a dirty play? Is this going to be a bit blue? Because I've got, uh, the last time I went to the theatre was to see Aladdin. And that was, the only blue in that was the uh, the genie's attire. I don't know. I've seen the Aladdin adverts on the tube, the posters. There's a lot of cleavage on it's... Jasmine. <laughs> the there whole... is a hell of a lot of cleavage there. I get distracted. I frequently stumble off escalators because I'm looking at that poster. <laughs> Jasmine's my one! Cleavage is like the third or fourth top star in like in yeah. the in the show because it's not just third and fourth. It's, <laughs> it's not just uh, it's not just Jasmine that is cleavage heavy. It's pretty much uh, there's a lot of cleavage on show in that play. I remember being quite confused about the cartoon Aladdin when I was a kid in because well his chest was kind of booby like. It was like an upside down T. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like so. So does that happen? Do we all get kind of weird boob things? Aladdin, fun fact for you, is one of the few Disney princes who has a different voice actor to his singing voice. Huh. Yeah. There you go. Uh, would you like a Rusev, hey? Yes. <laughs> Rusev, hey! Uh, actually, see, well, first of all, I'm going to do... Um, Daniel Wilkins emailed in. I'm just going to turn the brightness on my laptop here. Hi, Luke and Ollie. I don't expect you to hear this or read it out on the podcast, but I wanted to say a big thank you to you guys for opening my eyes to the choice of wrestling available these days. I used to be the guy who used to watch WWE and dismiss other promotions as bingo halls, as WWE would put it. <laughs> the only other wrestling I watched was TNA between the Hogan Bischoff and the end of the Aces and Eights eras. Not- well, that's a classic era era isn't it oh it was it's uh well i don't know if classic in like a good way no it had it had its ups and it had its and it had its downs it was an era <laughs> oh yeah there was a point where it started and a point where it ended mm. Mm. hogan what a what a genius that man is in terms of like working your way into never doing like the full job even on his way out of the company, his last night in the company was him, Dixie Carter, hugging his leg while he dragged her up the ramp and she, as she begged him not to go because the show would be awful without him. And that was his final night in the company. It was his last show. And he was like, this is how I'm going out, brother. I'm going out literally as your top star, not doing the job to anyone. Yeah, not setting up a return angle nope. or a receipt. Nope. Uh, Solomonster, great wrestling podcast, who got me into sort of like adult wrestling. Adult wrestling sounds naughty. <laughs> sounds like As an adult fan, uh, he uh, he always said that when Brian Alvarez writes the death of W's, the death of TNA, 
that's got to be the front cover <laughs> of Dixie holding Hulk Hogan's leg. What sums up TNA as a company more than that image? Absolutely. Good Lord. Have you heard um, Meltzer talk about them being cancelled on Spike? Fascinating, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it just? About so- how that was all breaking behind the scenes and like him and PW Insider and Pro Wrestling uh, Sheet are like, oh, we've all got the story, but we can't break it. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. Really, really interesting. And like just the... Uh, well, yeah. I mean, anyway, I'd highly recommend you uh, subscribe to the rest of the Well, that's that's that. a free episode, that one. Is it a free episode? Oh, yeah. Even better, you've got to go and listen to it. Yeah, it's those Saturday really... episodes uh, seem to be free at the moment. It's really, so really, really interesting. interesting. Anyway, back to uh, Daniel's email. Now, not only do I watch WWE, I love New Japan and have returned to watching Impact in the last few weeks. It does mean that between Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Impact and New Japan, <laughs> I'm pretty much watching wrestling every day. My WrestleTalk fandom predates Luke's time on the channel and I wanted to say keep up the good work. Keep it consistent, Dan Wilkins. Consistency. Thanks, Dan. It's a lovely email. Cheers, Thank Dan. Thank you very, very much. And um, I hope everyone else is watching stuff that isn't WWE too. Yeah. And not NXT. Not just NXT. That's a sneaky one. Yeah. Because it pretends that it's not WWE, but it is. It's, and it's like 205 Live. Yeah. 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 But still, we carry it in Ramble Club as like non-main roster stuff. Um, this from Lucas Walton. We've got a joint Russell Talk Get Better and a Rusev Hey. Rusev Hey. Greetings, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. Bracket, he's so trustworthy. He is. You gentlemen read one of my previous emails where you've inspired me to pick up writing again. I wanted to give you chaps an update. The children's book I've been working on is coming right along. I have a family friend who has a pub- uh, published a few romance novels, so I've reached out to her for his advice with publishing. Again, thanks for the inspiration. I did end up writing the articles you... <clears throat> I did end up writing the articles you put out for the WrestleTalk webpage, but I didn't submit them because I just didn't think they were very good. If you are still looking for more content, maybe I could try my hand at it again. Ollie, I hope your book is coming along well. Oh, it's not. It's it's a bit... Uh, you mean big stakes for the big dog? <laughs> <laughs> it's my children's book I'm working on, yeah. Big stakes for the big dog. Uh, yeah, yeah, my, uh, my one is uh, sort of... I've been busy... August is a social month. It's a busy month for SummerSlam. And holidays. And holidays and everything. I have, I'm have i behind schedule. I was aiming to get a chapter done every two two weeks, uh, and I am a smidgen off chapter one. I'm about a week behind. Okay. I feel bad. Well, you are doing better than I. When uh, I was on my last trip in the closet, obviously, um, my wife and I had the discussions of the books that we were going to write, and she's doing so much better on writing her bits and pieces and i gave her a title i gave her exactly what i was going to do and i told her this is what i was going to do and i've done nothing on it since then so i'm hoping that my next trip i'm going to be i'm going to come back super refreshed and super geared up to do some more writing um anyway get better uh just wanted to let you guys know that i am 20 pounds down in the last three months i can attribute oh, wow. my success to a few factors one since and he started writing yeah Oh, blimey. Uh, I can attribute my sex to success to a few... <laughs> Hello. <laughs> blowjob. I can attribute my success to a few factors. One, since my wife is pregnant, I find that I don't like to drink alone, so my alcohol consumption has been has greatly reduced. That's interesting. Which is true. I mean, I've always said that if um, my wife was pregnant, I would stop drinking as well, because I just didn't think it'd be fair. You know, just join in. Because it isn't as fun, much fun. Yeah, not, not a rounder. Yeah. Sure. Um, I'd probably still drink if I was at D&D, though. Yeah, I think exactly. So, yeah. Two, I have started intermittent fasting and oh. find that it works great for me. Three, Tell me more. 
Uh, oh, he moves on. Okay. Three, I have really cleaned up my diet, removing as much processed sugar as possible. Nice. I can't start working out yet until the herniated disc in my back gets better, but hopefully soon. And he's got a quick Rusev hey for us, which might be the last point of this podcast. Well, if just a, a word of advice there. If Dean Ambrose can look like that with a torn bicep, come on, man. Yeah. I think, oh, but yeah, you don't want to mess around with your back at the same time. So now, would you like a Rusev Hay? Sure. Uh, this Rusev Hay comes back from all the way in the mid '90s when I was in my early teens. Oh, so, so do you know who this is? Um, well, don't look. Yeah, I, I do know now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just trying. I was thought we could play a fun game. I guess in do you want mid '90s? Well, yeah. Okay. Do you want to have? A I guess? mean, it's a, it's a wide berth. Is it WCW? It's WWE. WWF. Is yeah. it Shawn Michaels? No. Right era, though. Is it Bret Hart? No. I'm, I'm not that knowledgeable about this era. My, lower down the card. Um, Viscera. Lied about his age? Mikey Whipwreck? <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out in a second. Uh, I am from and still live in Houston, Texas. No, this is not the one about Bruce Pritchard. On two separate occasions, I was out with my uncle running errands and we ran into one of the largest men I have ever seen... Ahmed Johnson. Ah. He was super nice and introduced himself to me and my brother. This was around the time when he was the IC champ. The funniest thing I can remember was on both occasions he was out in public wearing spandex. Yes, all spandex. I guess when you're the kind of shape he was in, you can just roll like that. Thanks again for all you gentlemen do and all the wonderful content. Stay consistent. P.S. I loved the plastic rant Luke went on during this week's podcast, which would have been 10 days ago, so I don't even remember that rant, to be honest. Uh, I am trying uh, I am trying uh, my hand at home recycling. Luke, you should check out preciousplastics.com. Really great stuff there. Uh, regards, a lifelong SWAF Nation member from Texas. I'm going to try. Uh, although he's actually sent me a link that takes you to one of those ones where the link doesn't really work properly. And it's just like a list of dodgy site links. My, my, uh, any discussion about plastic in recent weeks has been replaced in my head by the cat versus Terry Runnels <laughs> in a stink face match. Now that is plastic on display. Yeah, and you can hear all about that if you pledge on Patreon, become one of our $5 or above pledge hammers, and because we will be reviewing that match in great detail and in full on Wrestle Ramble Extra this coming Friday in our SummerSlam 2000 review. What else is on that show? Um, we've got the first ever TLC match, which is extraordinary. It we've is. got one of the defining moments of my wrestling teenage youth, and that is Shane McMahon taking his first superstructure bump being knocked off the top of it by Steve Blackman and cascading to the floor. And we've also got the culmination of the Rock, Triple H, Kurt Angle, Stephanie McMahon, Love Triangle, three-way for the WWE title. The Rock isn't really involved in this story. <laughs> but it's still a fascinating thing from behind the scenes as well. It's my favourite ever pay-per-view from when I was a kid. And so you can get that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk and becoming a pledge hammer today. We'll be back tomorrow. Of course we will, because we've got podcasts all this week with the SmackDown Review. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.
do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever Wrestling Media Hall of Fame and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer and Revolution Pro Wrestling featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J-Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now so head over to WrestlingMediaCon.com That's WrestlingMediaCon.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.